happiness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church for four great services, 7 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. At The Good Land, Ifako Bus Stop, Owaranshoki Obutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo David. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call 0808-156-3080. Global Impact Church. Think great. have taken out this Sunday to teach and discuss on relationship matters. Uh, one of my great teachers is this, uh, is the man uh, Derek Prince. He's gone to be with the Lord now. I learned a lot from him. You could Google him and check his videos and learn a lot. He's a teacher of the word. And one of the things I learned from him about marriage is that he said, all, those, all the problems begins in the home. And all the problems, they are solved in the home. And they began to break it down. And, you know, the, the pillar of the society is not really the state. It's the family. Every responsible person uh, was groomed in a family, isn't it? And every irresponsible person is groomed in another family. Every time you look at the children, if you have sons, you need to remember that this son will be someone's husband one day if they choose to get married, which I believe many of them will choose to get married. And you want to ask yourself, what kind of husband am I, um, am I grooming? I, I dealt with a case some years ago, and the anger and bitterness in the room was so much by one of the parties in the marriage and I kept hearing statements like, I wonder what they did growing up in terms of the way they, they raised this person. I don't want to get into details. The way they raised this person for this person to be behaving like this, wrecking my life like this. I, the, 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 that party was throwing shades, like you say, at the home. Because I've just met this person in a year or two. And all I'm getting is what has happened in the last 30 years of that person's life. That means it happened when you were being raised. So parenting, marriage, they matter to the future. You have daughters, they will become someone's wife one day. Um, hmm. One day our daughter came from school and they sent a letter that uh, they have to see myself or Pastor Bimbo. And they... They said the, 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 there was a note that they saw, and they thought it was our daughter that wrote it. And a, a child of uh, 12 was planning to commit suicide. I was writing a suicide note. So we didn't even know that was the reason why they were calling for us. So Pastor Bimbo went, and by the time they got there, when she saw the round bright, she said, this is not my, our daughter. By the time they called our daughter, to check the, it, she, when she saw the handwriting, she just mentioned the person's name because she knew in class, and oh, this is this person. So they rushed and called for the lady, the young girl, and she's one of the most brilliant persons in the class, but her parents don't have time for her. And then they saw that she had been cutting herself already, I think with scissors. 12 years. So they sent for the parents, you know, and 
dad does not have time for family. Mom too is doing business. So she's staying most of the time with nannies and different people. She's just tired of life. And I think we got to know, I, I believe we, got, we also got to know for a reason that we, you need to attend to your home as much as you can. But you see, if daddy and mommy are not in good shape, children will not, there's, there's even no space for them. And marriage is work. For those of us that are singles, as we're planning to get married, I want to appeal to you, you don't just prepare for the day, prepare for the life itself. The plague of our generation is people, you know, they are, ah, the way we prepare for the day, just one day, sometime maybe two days, engagement ceremony, uh, traditional wedding, and then the white wedding, we call it, and then by 7 or 8 p.m. of that day, all those things are just, they've gone, everybody goes to their homes, and they leave you to yourself. So I want to appeal for us to our single because uh, we, are, we are praying for the singles to get married. I hope while we are praying, they're encouraging you, you are also busy preparing. Because sometimes while you are praying for them, encouraging them, they're not even doing anything for the future. You've got to read books. You've got to prepare for the life itself. Marriage is work. But you see, it's supposed to add to us. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. From verse 9, doing well in business or career does not mean you have a happy home. There are many miserable wives that are general managers. There are many CEOs that are frustrated husbands. So I don't want us to uh, miscarry it. That you are very intelligent at work, you are very good with some of those things, does not mean you are good at managing relationships. And by the way, a lot of those things show up during courtship. It shows up. Your attitude to your man, your attitude to your fiancé. Marriage can either be a heaven or a hell. And it has to be prepared for. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says two are better than one because they have a better reward or a good reward for their labor. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. That is, their efforts will yield better. Verse 10, verse 10, the next verse says, For if they fall, one will lift up the other. That's the joy of a home. Sometimes you're not encouraged, your spouse is there to encourage you or to lift you up. There is nothing as powerful for a man, especially when your wife is praying for you. It's amazing. Fighting for you in the realm of the spirit. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to that person who is alone. When he falls, for he has no one to help him. The challenge we're having is, there are many people that are married, but they are alone. So the fruits of the union is not showing up because we see two people, but they are actually alone. So in Amos chapter 3, verse 3, Amos 3, 3, it says, uh, can two walk, uh, walk together except they be agreed? Amos 3, 3. That means... The two cannot work except they understand agreements. They have to be in agreement. It's that agreement that makes their labor productive. We've been married for 17 years. It's a lot of work to agree. But reading books will make a lot of difference. I brought some books from our library at home that we've read and we keep reading. Sometimes my life has changed in a training or somewhere and some facilitator someone just mentioned the book in passing 
and I wrote the title down, and that was the turning point in my life. So I felt, let me just mention some of these books. Many of the singles can pick that up and buy them and read them, and those are married too. I, I was counseling with someone some time ago. I said, have you read this book? He said, yes. I asked the wife, have you read it? He said, yes, but we read it before we got married. I said, that time is different. When you are still single, the way you perceive it is very different. I said, now you are married, and these things are showing up. The way you will practice it will be different. Go back to the book. So it's not about, I've read it before. <laughs> reading before marriage, reading after two children or three children, is a different ballgame entirely. Application will be different. We also realize that when we are counseling couples in church before they get married, there's excitement, which is understandable. Excitement about, ah. in fact, sometimes when they talk about problems in marriage, people think, Ah, not for me and Shegun. Never. It's like, ah, what's happening to people? You know, you look at her. No. No, Bolani can't do that to me. I'm telling you, that's been the, because you are in love. You are blind to many things, which is understandable. But when you get married and you settle, we had a couple earlier in church. I, I don't forget the story. the story. This guy was trusting God for his wife. He's an older guy. He got a woman, she brought him her to church, and he came to see me. He used to sell shoes. I buy shoes from him, you know, all those stuff. So I said, how is she doing? He just paused, and there was a smile. He said, Pastor, I've never met an angel before <laughs> like this. They were not married then. He said, when the lady comes to the house, while he's talking, she's just going to pick his clothes and iron them. That, he, said, he said, I remember he said, when she irons it, it's like when you iron a Navy, you know Navy, naval officer, <laughs> Asma, he said, he's, he's so, and she's walking, she's hard walking. I said, I said, praise the Lord, you know. Now, this is a true story. They got married, and after some time, started having challenges. This same person came to see me, I can remember the face now, and he said, Pastor, I'm tired. And he said, my wife is a witch. I smiled, and I remember the ghetto. We couldn't resolve it. He divorced that woman. And they left the church. So I know what I'm saying. So that you don't think, uh, uh, so, so go cannot behave like that. Veronica is too nice for that. He can never hurt a fly. <laughs> Even when he's killing mosquito, pass if you see it. When he's killing mosquito, you see how nice he is to mosquitoes. <laughs> how, how, how much, how much. Pastor, he doesn't kill mosquitoes like killing them. He tries to catch them and release them outside. Eh. <laughs> Pastor, he's so nice. Please, let me just mention those titles. And I was in a, I was in a relationship conference one day, and the speaker said, you want to know a wicked man? Check how he kills mosquitoes. I was shocked. He said, yes. When you want to kill one mosquito, and you reverse like this. And you prepare like a karate man just to kill one. And then, ah, he said, be careful of that kind of man. Okay. Now, we have this pack, relationship series from our resource center. They just loaded different um, themes and titles. They are downloadables on your phone or devices, or you can buy the CD. Make sure you just, just get them. Just get them, and, and you will never regret it. Five Love Languages is ever recommended. It was uh, it's still a blessing to me. We still revise it at home. Just want to, even for the children, you want to know their love languages, so you know how to deal with them. 
They have different love languages. There are some of the kids, when, they, when you shout at them, you are damaging them. And some others, when you shout, you are training them. People are different, okay? So you don't say, I, I treat all my children the same way. It's ignorance. As you are treating them the same way, you are building one and you are destroying another. You can't treat them the same way. They have different temperaments. Some are extroverts. Some are introverts. You study them. You understand their love language. And then we have um, spirit-controlled temperament by Tim Lahaye. Very recommended. It helps you to understand the various temperaments, the strengths, and the weaknesses. And I love these authors. They are Christians. So you see the scriptural balance there. Even scripture says, let us not just love in word, but also in deed. That's action. The love language will help you understand how to express love practically. It's not only with words that we express love. People receive love in different ways. Those things are there in those books. Spirit control temperament, powerful, powerful, powerful. If you have a choleric wife, for instance, she can get angry more than the man. You wonder why my wife always gets angry. Check her temperament. Some are sanguine. Some are phlegmatic. Phlegmatics are, can be very laid back. Sometimes you see a woman complaining, I don't know what's wrong with my husband. Nothing's wrong with him. Maybe he's a phlegmatic. He's laid back. So you know how to encourage him. But that being laid back, there's a strength somewhere, and you see how you can deal with the weakness. What these things do is, or what it does is, it helps you to anticipate mistakes. Or you anticipate people's behavior. When people do things, it doesn't really shock you. And the moment you are not that shocked, you can manage it. It's when something happens to you, you say, hey, hey, pastor, is this marriage? Is this marriage? I can't believe this. You can't believe it. If you read and understand how a sanguine behaves. For instance, we had, uh, one of our couples in church, thank God they are doing well now. Um, the wife is a sanguine. When they go out, the, car, the house key is in her bag. They will be gisting. You know, sanguines will always gist. It's very rare to see a thin sanguine. Check it. They're always a bit big because they eat well. They enjoy themselves. <laughs> they are laughing. Amen. <laughs> so <laughs> they eat, they enjoy themselves. So when they go out, they'll be just in the taxi. When they drop, she just leaves the bag in the taxi. And they just be going. They don't get to the door of the house. I said, yeah, the bag, the key. Ah, I forgot it in the taxi. It happens once, second, third time. So they now came. I said, oh, Oga, this is our weakness. Don't be keeping a uh, house key with her. You should know by now. You should know by now. You should keep it. She can leave her own bag. No problem. She will learn a lesson. <laughs> you know? So that's how you anticipate. You, you know, even in finances, many men believe that they can handle finances. Zero. There are sometimes, in fact, most times, a woman can manage finances better than the man. If you understand that in your home, then see how you, you allocate it well. She will help you save more. And there are families when everything has gone down. And the man believes that he has, he's finished. And he just asks the woman, ah, I need bail out. God has to help us. And she smiles and looked at him, mm, see you. And goes out to bring two million. And he looks at her, what? That means she's a saver. But some men believe that as a man, you are wiser. It's village sense. <laughs> Is our president wiser than everybody in the country? He's not the president. Is he the wisest person? No. That you are made the head of a home doesn't mean you are the wisest. We respect you as a leader. We honor you as a leader, but we expect you to also galvanize our strengths, our abilities to make the family work, to make the nation work. We take counsel from our children. They see things differently, especially when they're, uh, they're teenagers. They think outside the box. 
Now, why can't we do it like this? Oh, that's true. We we're planning summer holidays. They were looking for tickets. It was so high, blah, 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 blah. And our daughter said, Daddy, we don't have to go to that country now. That new school we resume. When I say new school, me, I'm entering another school. My sister is starting another school. The monies will be high. Maybe we should just go somewhere and then use some of those monies for school fees. I said, <laughs> I said thank you very much. And this is true. Traveling to you and traveling to Benin is traveling. <laughs> you travel. You do travel for summer, we travel. Where did you go to? Went a bit far. <laughs> okay. Um, communication, sex, and money. Edwin Cole. Any book you see by Edwin Louis Cole, just buy it and read, and, and read it. What the help this admin. Edwin Louis Cole. Communication, sex, and money. Those three things, they are the things that cause problems in relationships, especially marriage. Communication, sex, and money. Um, men are from Mars. Women are from Venus, okay? Uh, difference between a man and a woman. It will help you a lot to know how a man thinks and how a woman uh, thinks or how she behaves or why she behaves the way she does. What every man wants in a woman and then what every woman wants in a man. John Hagee is a two-sided book, very powerful. You read one part and then go to the other part. What every woman once in a man, and then the other part, what every man wants in a woman. And I'm also sure that our resource people will help stock up some of these titles by next week. But if you can get it anywhere, get them. When we are looking for a paracetamol, don't you look for a chemist? Let's, let's, let's invest in our own selves if you value the future. And then we have his needs and her needs, building an affair-proof marriage. The challenge with extramarital affairs is rooted in unmet needs. Can I have any couple here? As just as an example, any couple close by, husband and wife, who is available here? Just to, uh, give, as an example, any any couple? Where's the wife? Okay, any couple, husband and wife, you're together. Just oh, thank you. Oh, come aside. I know you very well. Now in marriage. God bless you. Okay. Look at the people. Ice business. <laughs> it's my friend. Um, when did you get married? How many years ago? Um, 11, years. 11 years. Now, the moment you get married, you open what we call a love account with each other. Like, open an account. When you handle the other person well, you are making deposits. When you maltreat the person, you are making what? Withdrawals. Conflict, crisis, will, and this is not just for marriage, in any relationship. All that in marriage, it, it, it explodes because of the closeness. The moment the um, withdrawals are more than the deposits, there will be an, it's, an, it's not planned. There will be unconscious, you, the person will react. The reactions just differ. Some shut down. Some shout and fight. Is, you know, so if you have 200,000 on an account and you withdraw 20,000, you know you still feel okay. That thing can survive. So the challenge, that book brings that his needs are needs. What this book explained, this one, his needs are needs, is to help, what's the name, Uju? What's the name again? Chinwe. Chinwe. I call you China Mano. Uh -huh. 
15 we write. Now, this book helps you to see the needs of a man. Helps him to see the needs of a woman. The mistake most couples make is, you hear that, Pastor, if it's about deposit and withdrawal, I've been making a lot of deposits. No, the, the deposit will work if it's meeting her needs. So many people are doing a lot of things, but it's like you have a GT account, dollar account. If it goes with Naira, can there be a um, deposit? That's what happens. This dollar account, you now carry Naira. I want to, you know, she's not receiving it. So if there will be deposits indeed, it's based on you understanding her needs and loving her along those lines, the same way understanding his needs. For instance, a man needs a lot of respect. Whether you earn more than him or not, that's the way God made him. You even see it in young guys, sons. They, there's this something about man. He wants you to respect him. It's not about marriage. It's the way God made a man. Anytime a woman disrespects the man, you are making withdrawals. You might be cooking very well. But you are hurting a major part of a man. The, and the challenge is, most women have verbal power. So you'll be saying those things. He'll be looking at you. You'll be saying those things. You're making withdrawals. You're making withdrawals. But any time you use the right words for him, hmm, like in Yoruba lines, you know, or you, you show respect to him in public, in public, in public, in public. You are making a lot of deposits. He can buy a car for you. I mean, He bought you a car, right? I dedicated the car some weeks ago. It was a Range Rover, right? Yeah. I dedicated the car. I nearly entered the car and took it home after dedicating it. <laughs> That's why you see some men buy things for women outside and refuses to give money to the woman inside. This is a wicked man. Is that need. When you are hungry to a level, you might steal food. Now, this woman's primary need is affection. The way he loves her, like we do in our home, you want to hug your wife when you wake up in the morning. Even when at times we are fighting, I still have to hug. Though the hug at that time is a bit different. <laughs> but you still hug. When you're not settled, you're not doing total experience, you know that kind of thing. So, the hugs, the care. When the lady says, my leg is paining me, go and use parastamol and continue. That's not love. When one says, my leg is paining oh, sorry, let me see it. That has healed her. But some people don't know. These are the things that are in this book. They'll tell you when the woman says, I have a dick. She knows parastamol. Is she daft? She knows. So telling you is not a parastamol. She wants care. Something will happen recently at home. My wife was coughing, 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 and we treated the cough. The cough was, and I, I was getting angry. I can't be coughing for so long. <laughs> so I was not, I was reacting not too good. And she it was paining her. Because after she coughs, she sees my face. After a while, I now woke up one morning. I said, I coughing. I said, Mugbe, oh. I said, I coughing. I said, this must end today, oh. Hey! My own cough, some of you have been hearing this recently. God said, go and read Galatians. If anybody be overtaken in a fault, 
you that you claim to be spiritual, restore that person in the spirit of meekness. God, did it happen so She'll be there, I'll be coughing. She'll say, sorry, dear. I say, are you serious with your sorry, dear? I was expecting that to retaliate. <laughs> Even the coffee, I'm still dealing with it a bit now. I say, yeah. So you like her. You, you, you call her during the day. When you show that kind of affection, a love tank. In fact, when somebody's love tank is full, they can misbehave at times, positively. When you see someone whose love tank is full, that's how they just go and clear the money and buy a car. They can do anything for the person. But when that love tank is low, oh, there'll be a crisis. Is that crisis that Satan takes advantage of to divide homes? But you see, we are saying his needs, her needs. Her needs are not the same like your own needs. So it's a sacrifice to meet her need because it's not something that is your priority. But because it's a priority for her, you got to do it. That's why love gives. So at the end of the day, James, I think, see James, uh, where did we read that? James 3.16. The major problem is self-centeredness. If he's self-centered, which many men are, you don't really care about her needs. You just want everybody in the house to meet your needs. Children must respect me. She must cook my food. She must dress the way I want her to dress. You know, you're not talking about her own needs. Everybody's literally worshiping you. Now, that's a recipe for crisis. Can we have that scripture again? Thank you. It says, for where envy and self-seeking exist, what happens? Confusion and every evil thing. Can we have it in ERV? So the problem is self-centered because the needs that she has is not your priority. A man is not really after affection, but she needs a lot of affection. It says, where there is what? Jealousy and what? Selfishness. There will be confusion and every kind of evil. That evil is what you want to run away from. That evil can be sickness and disease, business and career breakdown, uh, rebellious children, disease. You cannot afford it. That's why selfishness is a plague. But if you are a Christian, then it's easier for you to allow the Holy Spirit to use you. One of the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. It will shock you that many people in marriage are not kind. She's pregnant, close to delivery. You don't even care the state. She must just cook my food. That's wicked. Whether she's tired or not, all yours is a woman must do her job. Is she the only one that first get pregnant? All those kind of things. You're not even kind. My mom, and all those kind of statements, my mom. My mom, when she was even nine and a half months to delivery, she would cook and pound here with my dad. I don't know what's wrong with all these New Testament women. <laughs> Just two months pregnancy, she cannot even stand up. Ah, uh, your mom was eating ugu every day in the village. And she's different from your wife. Kindness. Kindness is very scarce. And I know that the economy is causing it sometimes. Don't go. Kindness. There's a scripture I'm looking for here. Proverbs 12.10. I just want to leave us with that. Kindness. When, when, when you, don't, you don't treat people like you are Satan. Satan is the one that torments people. A righteous man regards the life of his what? But, a, but the tender masses of the wicked, the tender masses are cruel. 
Just imagine that. Some people are just cruel. And you ask them, ah, Pastor, she has not seen anything. Ah, that's what the scripture is saying. Come on. How can children be asking that their parents should be nice to them? One of the prayers we had from a, a, a kid in church, that I pray that God would make my parents to be nice to me. You don't hug your children. We don't want to play with you. Hey, what is that? Are they, are, they, are, they, are they goats? I know your parents didn't do that, but let's build a different generation. Even Jesus said, let the little children, what? Come on. To, I know they've not paid you for six months. I know you have financial issues, but this is the future. Hug your daughters. Hug your sons. Don't ostracize them. I play with our daughters. They jump. In fact, it's not easy to carry them. I have to carry them. You carry them. Say, daddy, carry me. Carry them. I'm tired my back. And they want to play with you. I'm always happy. When I'm leaving the house and they're not happy, I'm leaving. For me, it's a testimony. Some families now, when daddy owes the key, the child says, thank you, Lord. You are so faithful to me today. You have determined that I will be happy today. But they don't say it out. As he's going, let him spend 10 days more. <laughs> because your being in the house creates a climate of darkness, cruelty, no love. You sit here, child sits there at a distance, they look at you while you look at them while, like you're doing a movie. They look at you. When they are eating, they're afraid to carry the spoon because you always have a comment to make. That's the children, no? Then their mother, you have destroyed her self-esteem. By words, you're a stupid woman. You are nothing. I really, I, I really wish you finished school. See what's showing up in your life. Things that they told you in confidence. Mistakes they told you in confidence. You now bring it out from the basket. Why won't you have two friends in school? Why won't you have them? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then the woman will be telling the man, I regret the day I married you. I regret you. Know, you're married already. What's the way forward? Uh, Psalms 127, verse 1. Unless, somebody say unless. Yes. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. I mean, this touched me because when I, when I teach about the house, of course, business, uh, destiny, but let's, make it, let's look at it literally from house, home, marriage. That means if I remove God from my marriage, it will never work. Never. I know you've read books. I know you are proficient. I know you love each other. But the family devotion is key. There must be moments where the family comes together to pray. Maybe once a week, worse. Many people do it once a day. There must be moments where you come to pray together, the family. And there must be times when husband and wife pray together. If that can happen, the conflicts will reduce. Have you noticed that when there is conflict, one of the first things that goes out is praying together? It's Satan. Because when God moves out, ah. So see how you can get God involved as much as you can. And one easy way is you institute family altar. You need it. If you outgrow that, you have outgrown peace. It might be every evening before you sleep or every that you pray together. You pray together. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you worship God together. Check how things heal up by force. 
Of course, that can only work when even you yourself, your relationship with God is in good shape. At the root of most of the conflicts we have to deal with has gone to uh, Ori is because someone is not praying anymore. Someone is stopped growing spiritually. If you are spending time in God's presence, I'm not talking about praying for breakthrough and pray God give you money. I'm talking about uh, worshiping God, praying to God, loving God. You can't keep malice forever. If you can, I hail you. I really hail you. But I know you can't. Except you're not talking to God. God of love. God is love. Not is like love. God is love. So the moment you get to his presence, the light from him, because God is light, it will shine on you. Many dark spots in you will be exposed. You will see it. You will feel the shame. You will know you need to resolve this thing. You will melt. If that happens regularly, it's easier for that home to survive. But now you don't pray for two weeks. You don't pray for one month. Some men don't even come to church. No wonder things are getting bad at home. So I want to introduce you to God again. I know you've met him before. His light, his love, his peace, his fruitfulness. It's all the things we are looking for. Why not embrace him? I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about active relationship with him, which is expressed in worship, in prayers, and in fellowshipping with others. I've had moments when I fellowship with other Christians, and you see a couple, the way they are, it challenges you, isn't it? It challenges you to move to get better. That, ah, it can be better if these people can be okay. Like, why, why can't we be okay? Does it mean the husband is perfect? No. Why perfect? No. So why, why are we doing this? But if you always surround yourself with divorces, single persons, that's the only thing you are doing. You are packaging yourself for things like that. That's why church is very good. The mixtures are there. You see couples. You see people healed. People that went down and God brought them out. It helps you to have hope. So let's rise up on our feet this afternoon and just pray. Greatness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church for four great services, 7 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. At The Goodland, Ifako Bus Stop, Owaranshoki Ogbutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo David. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call 0808-156-3080. Global Impact Church. Global Impact Church. Think great.